Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Normally, I do a devotional here at this, uh, at this place here, but uh, this is more like a little study, and it is titled, How We Got the New Testament. How We Got the New Testament. Ever wonder how the Bible came to be? It involved a God-superintended process involving human instruments. God inspired men who were moved by the Holy Spirit to write the Scriptures. He superintended the transmission of the text from generation to generation, and he sovereignly preserves it. When we speak of the canon of Scripture, the word canon means rule or standard. It refers to those books that the church came to recognize as inspired by God and therefore the final rule or standard of authority in all matters of faith and practice. The Old Testament canon of 39 books was recognized by the Jews of Jesus' day and affirmed by Jesus Christ himself. The New Testament books were all written by an apostle or one of their close associates, giving all the New Testament books a direct tie with apostolic witness. This is in perfect keeping with Christ's statement in John 16:13, where he said, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose it to you what is to come. Note the you in view in John 16, 13 refers to the apostles. That's who he's talking to in context. Refers to the apostles that Jesus is speaking to in context. The truth, as a definite article, referring to a specific and definite body of truth. It was through the apostles that all New Testament truth would be channeled, thus completing the canon of the scriptures. We believe on Christ through their, that is the apostles' word, John 17, 20. Therefore, when John, the last living apostle, wrote the book of Revelation and then died, the canon was complete. Then Christ's words, he will guide you into all the truth, were fulfilled. The New Testament scriptures bear witness to the fact that the apostles had a unique and special role in giving us New Testament revelation. Acts 10, 40-42, Peter says, Him, speaking of Jesus, Him God raised up on the third day and showed Him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us us apostles, who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. The apostles were special. Consider these seven truths. The church was founded upon them. Number one. Number two, they were eyewitnesses of the risen Lord. Number three, they were personally chosen by Christ. Number four, they were authenticated by unique miracles. Number five, they spoke for Christ with absolute authority. Number six, all New Testament truth was communicated through them. And number seven, the twelve have an eternal place of special honor as seen in Revelation 21:14. The formal recognition of the 27 books of the New Testament canon involved a process. However, 20 of the 27 books, including the four Gospels, were never in dispute. The church universally, or the church universal, essentially recognized them 
as inspired all along. They had some questions about Hebrews, James, 2 Peter, and 2nd and 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation. However, as they worked through the criteria for inclusion, they came to formally recognize all 27 books as inspired. The early church generally had this criteria required for a book or letter to be included in the canon of inspired New Testament scripture. Number one, apostolic authority either written by an apostle or a close associate. This is key. Ephesians 3.5, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Prophets being the close associates and contemporaries of the apostles. Number two, apostolic era, written during the apostolic age. Later writings were rejected. Compare Gnostic or Apocryphal writings. The Apocryphal, meaning hidden writings, were written between 300 B.C. and 100 A.D. Neither the Jews, Jesus, or the early church accepted the Apocryphal writings as inspired because they had no attachment to an apostle, etc. In A.D. 1546, the Roman Catholic Church accepted these books as the Deuterocanonical, canonical, Deutero canonical, meaning later or second canon. Number three, orthodoxy. No book could be in conflict with the apostolic faith or that of previously recognized scripture. Number four, universal church recognition. The book had to be received by the church at large. Number five, historical accuracy. It objectively squared with the facts of history. Number six, prophetic consistency and harmony. There was continuity with the Old Testament scriptures. The first formally compiled canon is called the Matorian Canon, which was compiled in A.D. 170. It, it included all of the New Testament books except Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, and 3rd John. In A.D. 363, the Council of Laodicea, in addition to the 39 books of the Old Testament, recognized 26 books of the New Testament as inspired, everything but Revelation. The Council of Hippo in A.D. 393 and then the Council of Carthage in A.D. 397 affirmed the 27 books of the New Testament as inspired. It is important to note that the church didn't decide which books were inspired. They simply recognized that which was already true. By late in the 4th century, the formal list of 27 New Testament books was solidly in place. The early church tended to think that Matthew was written first, hence it was placed first in the New Testament canon. Today, many scholars think that Mark may actually have been written first. However, all along, the entire church has recognized Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as the inspired Gospels. A great source for a host of Bible questions is the website gotquestions.org. Psalm 12, 6 and 7. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord, you shall preserve them from this generation forever. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25 reads, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 
because all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and his flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Lord, we thank you for your word. You inspired it. Uh, you have uh, uh, sovereignly uh, superintended the transmission of the text, and you have preserved it. And you have shown the scriptures that you will continue to do so. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word, which has come from you. Uh, we have an authoritative uh, word of God uh, that we can trust for all eternity. And so we thank you for the word today. Help us to stand firmly on it uh, for such a time as this. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.